0: hey welcome to my favorite river with river company outfitters i'm your host dylan pinnick here with me this week we have a special guest Anna Lee decker hey Anna, Lee, how's it going
1: pretty good how are you
0: i'm doing great it's a you know beautiful beautiful weekend and enjoying the weather but really excited to talk to you about uh your experience out in the pacific northwest as well as uh how you got into whitewater and your experiences down here in the southeast, so we're excited uh, to hear about the whole country from you.
1: Yeah, man, sounds good.
0: <laughs> awesome. So I um I reached out to you on on Instagram. Uh, the way I found you was a International Rafting Federation article mm-hmm. about being a, a woman in the rafting guiding industry. I thought it was an awesome article. I shared it with my girlfriend. She loved it. Um, And then after that, uh, we've talked a few times and you've become an ambassador for River Company Outfitters, which is awesome. But what made you decide to write that article? Did International Rafting Federation reach out to you or did you, you know, start writing it and you were like, hey, guys, this is a really cool point of view and I'd like to share it?
1: Um, So it was actually kind of a perfect storm. Uh, They reached out to me randomly. I was actually, I was at a a friend of mine's house and out of nowhere, I get this message on Instagram from the IRF, Uh, my editor's name uh, is Sean. And Sean reached out to me and said, hey, you don't know me, but like, I love your photography. And we are starting a diversity committee with the International Rafting, within the International Rafting Federation. And we are trying to reach out to female guides. Uh, would you wanna write an article for us? And I was really interested immediately because uh, I've been a guide that I'm going into my third season this year Uh, but when I first started guiding when I was 18, um, I was really nervous leading up to guide school. I have this really bad habit of overthinking and I signed up for guide school like two months out uh, and I was thinking about it for a really long time uh, leading up to it and I really psyched myself out. I was really nervous because I knew that uh, historically whitewater is a testosterone saturated industry Uh, And I was afraid that because I am a girl and with that really short girl who, before I did guide school, had no upper body strength at all, like it was laughable, um, I was really afraid that I was going to embarrass myself. And the way that I tried to make myself feel better was I went on the internet and I looked for articles from female guides giving advice and they didn't have any, I couldn't find anything anywhere. Uh, so when the international rafting people reached out, it kind of like I was able to fill, f- fulfill a little piece, um, like fulfill something in my soul a little bit because I was able to provide something uh, on such a public platform uh, so that no other girl had to feel the way I did of feeling confused or feeling like they were going into something uh, that maybe they didn't quite belong just yet. Yeah, it just it helped me make it feel more accessible to more people.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Cause I think that most people nowadays when they want to try something new, the first thing they resort to is, is Google. And sometimes if something doesn't come up, then they kind of just, you know, maybe that's not for me. And so I think that's really cool that you, even though, um, not a whole lot came up, you still went for it, uh, as far as guide school goes. Um, uh, was how did guide school come up like as a hey this is what I'm going to do like did you have any history growing up like I know I know you work at the the you worked at the Charlotte Whitewater Center was there like a trip growing up that you were like you know I want to be a raft guide or was it just kind of like hey this will be something cool to do on the weekends or for my summer job
1: um so it was kind of a combination. So I, um, I have a really adventurous family. Uh, my dad like literally is the reincarnation of Indiana Jones and Crocodile D in one person. Um, so we did a lot of adventurous stuff growing up and like uh, to go back to the Whitewater Center, I grew up every summer going, uh, going to the center with one of my good friends as a kid. And uh, we would raft the whole week and it would be so rad. Uh, And then I've done, before I started guiding professionally, uh, I did a few trips on natural rivers, like in the Snake River or the Nanana River in Alaska, but it never really, like, set me, like, it never really set something on fire for me of, like, oh my god, like, I want to be the person in control of that boat. What really happened was uh, the summer prior to my first season guiding, I worked for a textile company called American and Eford, and I made their training videos. And I worked in an office that had no windows and it was very dark and it was the most boring summer I've ever had. (laughs) Uh, So when I decided to uh, go to the center and do their guide school and stuff, uh, it was because I was desperately searching for anything that didn't involve fluorescent lights, uh, and while I was searching, I was scrolling through Instagram, and I saw this picture of somebody hurling themselves face first into, um, the class four rapid at the Whitewater Center, like, that's awesome, I want to do that, so I just decided to, like, say screw it and sign up for guide school from that, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's um that's awesome because i can completely relate to being like i don't want to be in this office anymore Uh, uh, um and that's really cool that you got to go run some of those other rivers do you do you have a favorite river that you've run so far i know that's a loaded question and a lot of people like look at me kind of crazy like there's no way i can pick one because there's multi-day trips and like single ones, but uh, is there one that you've run so far that you consider your favorite?
1: Um, I, I would say it's a tie for like about two of them. Um, one that I'm kind of nostalgic about uh, is one that I've done a lot with my dad, the Chattahoochee River in Georgia. Uh, I love the Chattahoochee; it's such it's so beautiful, and I love the different stories behind the rapids. And actually, that uh, that first article I wrote. Um, the name of it is actually from a song that's about the Chituga. Uh, one of the lyrics in the song, it's called Whitewater Woman. And one of the lyrics of the song talks about body surfing bull sluice, And it's the funniest thing I've ever, it's, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, but I, so it would be either the Chituga or from this Oregon trip I just did. Uh, we had the opportunity to do a really cool river in Southern Washington called the Clickitat. And what was really rad about it was the clickitat has been closed for public access for I believe something like 20 years. So we were one of the first rafting trips to be able to go down that river. Uh, And it was the day we did that one, it was the last day and everybody was tired. Uh, So nobody wanted to guide the boat. So I was in the back, like a kid in the candy store, like, let me do this. This is my moment. I'll J stroke the whole thing. I don't care, let me go. Uh, And it was just, it was so beautiful. And it was in this really cool canyon that had really cool rock formations. And it's just, it was such a special moment moment to be able to paddle a river like
0: that yeah yeah the uh <laughs> the, the whitewater woman um the art that's the brant miller like album i don't right that's yeah. okay
1: <laughs> i'm so glad you know what it is i'm so proud of you
0: <laughs> that, that whole album is phenomenal and um Me and my girlfriend refer to it as, like, Brant Miller is the Jimmy Buffett of whitewater rafting. Like, his, like, his, like, music is straight, just Jimmy Buffett. Um, He's so
1: genuine. (laughs) It's what I love. He really means it.
0: (laughs) And he's he's definitely from, like, the southeast because it is, like, Chautuga, Green River, um. Natural.
1: the south fork it's all it's <laughs> awesome
0: <laughs> um so that's that's awesome and i i went to down the chatuga for the first time the other day and uh, or a couple weeks ago and it was just like a river that for some reason or another i'd never got the chance to like either like the trip never worked out or i never like i never knew somebody who was comfortable enough to like take me down um and I was in awe of the beauty. Like you said, like just how it was just down in the valley and there was no roads because I'm used to like the Okoe or, you know, even out in Colorado, there's literally like roads and there's cars just passing you by. Like the Chatuga, there's absolutely nothing. It's just you and the river and some trees. Um,
1: what section did you do?
0: We did section three um, and it was... Uh, I already forgot how high it was. It was pretty high. It was one of those weeks where it's been raining for a lot. Um and so like Bullsleuth was um was pretty feisty. We actually ran like the far left line. Um oh, hell yeah. Which like the pictures and like the videos I'd looked at, the left line's not even a line, usually uh most of the time. Like there's no it's just rocks. Um yeah, you can go. Uh, <laughs> yeah you can walk down that part yeah so like um that's how high the water was that day um so so um we went down over there um but i know that's a tough decision so i appreciate you uh give me your your two split split decision on uh on rivers <laughs> uh, um is there i i assume the river you've run the most has got to be the White whitewater center correct like after yeah, getting there a few years,
1: Whitewater Center owned me for those two seasons. I actually uh, preparing for my Oregon trip. I had to get them to send me a certified letter of my experience. Oh. And in all, in just two seasons, I've spent like 660 hours on that river in total. <laughs> like my God, <laughs> I'm tired thinking about that. So yeah, definitely that river or that channel I've run the most.
0: Can you uh, kind of walk through the Whitewater park for people who you know maybe who are in Oregon, have never heard of Charlotte Whitewater Park or they've never seen it. Um, I've been lucky enough to run it a few times and I have a fat cat now, so I'm excited to take it up there because I heard that you can take a fat cat. but can you just like walk it through? I know there you know the two channels and kind of what it is at the Whitewater Park.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Whitewater Center is an Olympic training site. They actually just completed um, the kayak and slalom uh, Olympic trials a few days ago. But what it is, it's a man-made river uh, on the edges of Charlotte near the Catawba. And it is both a training site as well as a place for anybody on um, any kayaker level or any rafting level to come and just play and have a good time. Uh, And what's really rad about it is there's two different channels. We have our Wilderness Channel and our Competition Channel. Now, our Wilderness Channel is class twos and three rapids. uh, And they get a little bit feistier near the end. And then our Competition Channel, that's typically where the really competitive kayakers hang out um that is where our class threes and our class four are and you in a typical trip you're going to do about four laps uh you're going to do two laps over on the wilderness channel where you kind of get a feel for rafting and then you'll do some tricks you'll surf some spots do some screaming turtles they're my passion uh and then you'll switch over to the competition channel and just run them and hope everything goes okay that typically uh, if you're going to have a creative time over there, you're going to have a creative time near the end of it, right before you drop the class four, there's a really sharp turn called Carnage Corner. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of eddies in carnage uh, and two rocks called Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Pillow Rock. Uh, you want to avoid those at all costs. But if you do, you're going to be fine. You're just going to have a really creative time. Uh, and it's just, it's a really fun place to be and a really cool place to hang out, especially if you're into a whole bunch of different aspects of the outdoor industry because you can also do some badass rock climbing or mountain biking or long distance running or flat water stuff out on the Kataba. It's just basically like adventure mecca all in one place, really concentrated,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. I've gone to uh, Tuckfest and hopefully we'll get to go again. And that's like where you get to like sample everything. Um, and you guys have some nasty Eddie's over there, the Whitewater Center. They're like giant <laughs> huge, like old pools. Um, um, but uh, it is like like you said, Mecca for outdoors. It's just so cool because you can do that tuck fest. We did rafting, we did a trail run. We watched the, um, the rock climbing um, over the pool. And
1: yeah, Deep Solo's badass. That's rad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it looks like, like, for some of those people, they're, like, running up the wall. It's, like, crazy how fast they, like, move up it. And, um, and uh, it's just a really cool place. And like you said, it's, I, I think our Airbnb was, like, 15 minutes away in Charlotte. And um, we got to see, like, cool concerts. We saw, like, camp there uh and uh, I
1: ran over the lead singer of camp in my raft and I was horrified it was awful (laughs) it was like I nail him he gets pinned under my boat I have to hop out pull the kayak out from underneath it drain it for him and then he paddles away he's like make sure you listen to the band tonight I'm the singer I'm like oh my god that's one of my heroes and I just bodied him (laughs) oh my god
0: sorry tangent no that's awesome I uh I might have saw that happen actually because I was just like we were like just sitting there um we found out that like the perfect place to put up your chairs was on the like the side of the river so there was the river and then there's the people and then the concert stage so like we just would put our stuff down go do our whatever events we were doing and then from like four o'clock until like the music was done we just sat there and just like drank beer and watched people kayak it's the coolest place to watch a concert um as far as i'm concerned because there's nowhere else where you can watch people kayak and raft while you're also watching a concert a live concert um in front it's so of
1: you. awesome to be in the raft while the concert is going to that's such a vibe <laughs> oh it's so fun it's so good
0: <laughs> what is the most and you might not know the answer to this the most amount of laps you've run there in one day? In
1: one day? Yeah. I don't know about one day, but so I would typically work about five trips a day, five days a week. Uh, and I had a really cool family um, that I took on an adventure trip. So we did the wilderness laps and then the competition laps. And the dad, I don't know, like he had to have been a part of the mob or something because we get over to the competition channel and he turns to me and he says, for each lap of competition channel, I'll give you $20. And I was like, say less, sir, we're doing this. <laughs> uh, and I ended up in the span. So typically a competition lap lasts about like 10 minutes or so, uh, just because that channel is so much faster and a little bit shorter. Uh, and it, yeah, so about ten minutes. I had maybe thirty minutes left in the trip. I pulled out seven laps on competition channel. So all in all, I had about nine laps because we had our first two laps over on the wilderness channel. And man, I made like hundred and fifty bucks off. It, like this is rad. Like let's do it. I want to come rafting again. You can have me for the rest of the day. <laughs> But
0: yeah that's, that's my record i think <laughs> that's uh that's awesome do you do you have any tips for anybody who shows up to the charlotte White whitewater center with a fat cat that's the first tip for a rafter is you can't bring your own raft um correct you have to bring it has to be a like a fat cat or a shredder sort of thing yeah. correct yes. so that's the the first tip but Would you have any tips for anybody else who shows up in their shredder, fat cat, or a kayaker for their first trip at the Whitewater Center?
1: Um, So my first thing, there's gonna be people there for your, uh, if you show up for their first time that are there every day, especially the, the little kids. So the Whitewater Center is interesting and I really believe it's such a great training ground because of the way it's built, the currents are so much nastier, I think. than Nasty is, for lack of a better term, nastier, um, than natural rivers, especially those eddy lines. Like you said earlier, the eddy lines are an SOB to get out of. Uh, So as a result of that, you're really strong within your technical stuff, um, like within your technical skills after you train there for a little while. So your first trip there, my biggest recommendation is to make sure you talk to people and ask them to lead you down the lines because there's going to be, if you try and just read and run, uh, you'll, you'll probably get through it, but you might get through it with what I call road rash when you flip over in your kayak and scrape down the concrete. And while you do feel cool afterwards, it takes forever to heal so yeah my biggest advice would be ask questions and follow people's lines because it's a little bit funky it's not gonna be exactly what you're expecting if you're used to natural rivers. so yeah
0: yeah that's also another great point is that it is a concrete like so the concrete the, <laughs> some of the swims that might not be so bad in a natural river may end up with some uh road rash as you politely called it like uh,
1: (laughs) my shoulders are beautiful
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, um do you have a do you have a go-to campfire rafting story that you you know maybe when you're on a trip or something like that you can tell besides the mafia guy giving you 20 bucks a a pop uh around around
1: Um, i okay so we have different tiers of rafting trips and our low tier is called a family trip and that's typically for kids between the ages of 8 and 11. We just don't want to put them over on the competition channel. So what we'll do for them is we'll just do three laps over on the wilderness channel with those class twos and threes and just play around, goof around, have a good time. Uh, and I was with a family that was really just like ready to shred, but the kid was just not old enough. So it was like, no worries. We're going to have an awesome time. It's going to be, it's going to be, a, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be great. And we're going through our first lap and the first class three on the wilderness channel is called M wave. Um, and you know, like when you go around the curve and it's that straight away and there's the rapid underneath the bridge. Yeah. Um, that rapid with the and it's got a huge pillow that is frankly really intimidating uh and if you don't get enough speed uh you're going to it's really kind of depressing as it happens you go up the pillow you're about to crest over it and then you slide back down and that's when ish gets real um so that happened to us and our boat spacing got really messed up. So there were two boats behind us that came up right as we started creeping back down and started surfing M-Wave. Uh, and it was a raft catastrophe, as I like to call it. Uh, and one raft hit us, and then another raft hit that raft. Everybody fell out of my boat, but I somehow pulled off. Instead of falling into the water, falling into the raft that hit me. I just stayed on the edge with my paddle, got a free ride down um, to an eddy a little ways downstream, uh, hopped out and then just went up and grabbed my boat from the other eddy that it got sucked into and just day-stroked down, picked up all of my screaming eight-year-olds. It was so cool. I like, it was like a dry flip without actually flipping. I felt like such a badass. (laughs) It was so goofy, but it was so cool.
0: (laughs) the uh, the I'm sure you have like actually like a ton of those stories with just like the way that the the Whitewater Center is like set up Mm -hmm. and the fact that you guys are just like running boats through there um it's probably probably a lot of uh spacing stories yeah oh yeah (laughs) um but it's always cool when so it's cool when everybody else falls out and you don't.
1: Um, oh, yeah. And like, I fell out technically, but no, I just joined a new crew. It's like, no, I'm yeah. just hanging out here. Let's do this. <laughs> just dual guide with my friend Nick. Let's roll. <laughs> that's uh,
0: that's that's awesome. And um, and to segue into the next topic that I, I'd like to talk to you about is, is your trip with the uh, Northwest Rafting Company. And the International Rafting Federation and boat spacing. If anyone's watched Zach, uh, Zach's Zach and Aaron's YouTube thing on Fridays, they love talking about boat spacing. <laughs> um, so I think that's a great segue. Um, uh, you recently got invited to to join um, them out there in, in in Oregon, which is just you know that's really cool, especially for someone. I, I mean you're from the southeast like me so like Oregon's kind of a magical place that's like really far away um and so so you wrote that article uh uh, like over a year ago I guess and then you wrote a second article and then is that what led into this this opportunity that International Rafting Federation brought for you?
1: Yeah. um, So shortly after that second article came out, and that one, uh, for those who haven't read it, it's called Minding Your Edges. And it's all about how um, all adventure sports are interconnected. Um, After that article came out, my editor, Sean, reached out to me and said, hey, like, I have this idea. And again, it's just an idea, meaning I haven't told anybody else, but I'm gonna make it happen. Um, Would you want to go to Oregon and do this, like, guide workshop? uh and I know you'd be like in school but like could you make it work and I cut him off and said I will move mountains to make this work this is gonna happen (laughs) like don't you worry please help me financially because plane tickets are expensive as it turns out um and yeah so they invited me out uh and the purpose of the trip is I was going to participate in the workshop and then the workshop was also an assessment Style thing. So I was taking a lot of tests throughout the whole trip. Uh, And while I was there, in addition to completing the assessments and working on different core skills, uh, I would photograph the entire experience. And then afterwards, I'm actually working on it right now, I am going to write an article about my experience.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, And for anybody who doesn't know, the International Rafting Federation is like this giant global organization, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, so they're a little bit obscure in the States, but the International Rafting Federation is the governing body of whitewater rafting, both on the commercial side and the competitive side for raft races. And part, the big part of what IRF does is they set the standard for RAF guides. So that was part of what this workshop was, is you were being assessed as an international standard raft guide. So you had to complete tests that maybe weren't typically done in the United States, but would help you with the other 40 countries that the International Rafting Federation controls. Um, Which was interesting and it was quite the learning curve at some points. But yeah, so they're really push setting a global standard and pushing rafting as more of a professional world you know because I feel like there's such a stigma with rafting being like the river rat with the dreads down to their ankles who's probably high all the time and hasn't showered in three days but yeah maybe some of us do look like that but most of us don't and we're professional people who maybe work under fluorescent lights but desperately want to get to the river yeah it's pretty cool
0: yeah the I've like found that the irf is um it seems like it's a lot bigger outside of the united states and i don't know you know the united states is just so big and has so many different rivers and i think that's probably why it hasn't taken a hold on you know the u.s as 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 much as it has in other states like i know that like japan japan and like like countries that i've never personally thought about big whitewater places are really big into uh whitewater racing like raft racing and
1: yeah, they kill it they yeah. absolutely crush it it's <laughs> it's <fascinating. laughs>
0: yeah if those, those videos like those guys are like going hard uh, they are
1: dialed in their form is impeccable crazy.
0: Uh, yeah and so like uh so i i i think that's pretty cool I, i've known that noticed that zach on, on their youtube channel has like definitely brought like more irf things they did the little competition with uh how quick could you flip the flip your raft get on it count people flip it again which was uh, their competition was irf standards and that was one of the you know things that i first learned more about irf was because of that youtube channel but um what river was that was all this taking place on were you on one river the whole time did you go to a couple different ones um
1: So my understanding going into it is I thought it was all going to be entirely on the white salmon, Uh, but we get there. Zach's like, no, this is going to be like a sampling of Oregon and Southern Washington Rivers. Like Zach, my man, tell me. (laughs) (laughs) So we started out on the white salmon. uh, And then the next day we did the uh, the Wind River, which was so cool. It's so rad uh and then the next river we did uh, we stayed on it for two days we did the upper and lower hood river uh and then the last day we did the click attack because all of us were like this is too good of an opportunity to pass up yeah yeah
0: so that's really cool another hot question which one was your favorite
1: for sure the click attack just because like it was such a cool moment at the end of the trip. Like we were done with all of our assessments. And I uh I didn't even like ask my people in the boat to paddle. I just jay stroke the whole thing. It was stupid low water. So just bouncing around rocks the whole time. Like this is this is nice. <laughs> this is where I want to be right now.
0: <laughs> um and how long was this? Was this uh like a week long? And did yeah. you
1: uh, it was a five day workshop. So I, so I go to school at uh, UNC Wilmington. It's um, on the, it's at the beach in North Carolina. So I drove from Wilmington uh, back home to Charlotte, uh, and then flew to Portland, Oregon, uh, and then drove up to uh, Hood River, uh, which is right next to Mount Hood for people who know all of the mountain stuff there. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and that's where we were based was in Hood River. And then we drive out from there to all the various rivers.
0: Did, did you just like email your teachers and you were like, hey, I have this once in a lifetime opportunity I will be not in class this week. Is that what you said to them?
1: Pretty much. Yeah, I emailed them like a month out and said, okay, so listen, I have this weird alter ego. I know you think I only live at the beach, but like I also raft and there's this thing that's happening and I'm not going to be able to answer my emails. And all of them were pretty understanding, understandably confused. uh, But they're like, yeah, man, like go live your best life. Do what you got to do. Just turn in your assignments. It was actually... It's a pretty cool silver lining of the pandemic and stuff because all of my classes are online. So all of them are like, yeah, like join in for the first 15 minutes of the Zoom call and then like go dip and put on your dry suit. I'm like, you guys rock, cool. (laughs) It was so cool, it's such a vibe.
0: That, that that's awesome I was wondering that because I was thinking that you know spring break for college kids is usually a little bit earlier so like I didn't know if it like you somehow got that lucky or if you just basically were like yeah I'm, I'm gonna go do this I'll see you guys next I mean, week
1: I classes for a week
0: <laughs> <laughs> um that's that, I mean there's worse things I'm sure your teachers are like there's worse things that you could have been skipping class for so uh, yeah. well, uh I-
1: fun it too to make me sound really fancy it was like I'm going on a journalism assignment and they just kind of got blinded by those words I'm like ha <laughs> you know falling to my plan <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, um what was something that like when you finally found out that like this was happening you got your plane ticket you got like an email what was something that you were really looking forward to on this trip besides you know you know getting to go to Oregon or something like the go see like new rivers was there a certain technique that you were looking to learn or was there like anything you were trying to learn for your bag of guide tricks when you went out there
1: um I wasn't sure what all we were going to be tested on uh so I never really thought about that what I was really interested in is I had heard rumors of the differences in cultures within the states um because like I really was exposed to it during the Oregon trip, but there's two drastically different whitewater cultures between the East Coast and the West Coast. And I knew going into it that I was most likely going to be the only East Coaster there. So I was going to be really just thrown headfirst into West Coast. West Coast culture of like their guiding styles and their jokes and all that kind of stuff. It was, what was cool was their jokes were pretty much the same but our guiding styles were drastically different. We were paddle rafting and all of them were really uncomfortable with paddle rafting because uh, most of them they row because those rivers are more suited to rowing. Uh, And then I hop back there and I'm like, I have no idea how to row, never touched one in my life, but look at me paddle. Here we go. Uh, And that just bamboozled them. That or, um, this is more, I think, of a result of being trained at the Whitewater Center. But when I call paddle strokes, I call in increments of one, two, or three. Uh, And for them, they'll say paddle forward. And you keep paddling forward until they say stop. Uh, So the communication definitely took a while to get through as we transitioned between me guiding or somebody else guiding because we would be asking the same things but in completely different ways which was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, they uh the paddle forward thing like I've been like personally not being a guide just like growing up learning to guide from my dad the paddle forward thing was something that we said it was like if I say paddle forward you're paddle forward through this rapid until we're done. Um, but in like this recent summers I've kind of shifted more towards like two strokes like power forward two like so it's more of like a controlled and like I think that um the less comfortable people are in a raft the more comfortable they are with those like commands like two two forward uh two back like giving them like how many that we're doing instead of just like all right, so we're just we're just going along here right now <laughs>
1: um, my abs hurt i'm not paddling right
0: <laughs> um but yeah so I, I that's uh and bigger rivers i could see while you know the waves are you know you're going through a rapid it's like we're just paddling forward the whole time so what do you think was your uh, biggest takeaway from being out there
1: um probably my biggest takeaway well, okay, let me back up. So what was really cool about this trip was that I was with a whole bunch of raft guides who've been doing this for, you know, anywhere between five to 15 plus years, um, professionally full-time guiding. And so they've been doing this for so long that they had a lot of opinions, uh, which was pretty cool. And so we had some really cool conversations. And one of the most interesting conversations I had was with uh, two fellow female guides. Their names were Noah and Emily. And what they were talking about was that within the world of rafting, it is okay to set yourself up for success. And what I mean by that is, uh, like I said earlier, I am a short girl who doesn't have as much upper body strength as the next male raft guide. Uh, And when you're doing things like those flip drills to the IRF standard, you are under a short amount of time and you need to get it done. And in order to get that done, what some of us did is we took a strap and we strapped it along the length of the raft so when it was upside down, we could pull ourselves up. It was crazy. It's the fastest flip drill I've ever done in my entire life. but what bothered us is we, we were on a grading scale of one to five, and because we did that, we would never be able to get a five. We could only get a four. Um, and it was because we were adding an extra aid. And what bothered us was that those rafts were not designed for us. They weren't built with a female raft guide in mind. They were built with a male raft guide in mind. So we adapted the raft to better meet our needs and that allowed us to, you know, in a real actual rescue situation, be able to complete it faster. So, my biggest takeaway really is it's okay to set yourself up for success, even if you're told that it's wrong. As long as you get the job done, you did it and you're still a raft guide. So, hell yeah, keep doing what you're doing.
0: That's a very good point. I've heard, I think it was Zach, maybe it was Aaron on their YouTube channel um and i've heard from other people that that women make better raft guides than men and it's because they set themselves up and i can see exactly what they're talking about because sometimes myself i do lazy lines because i know that i myself can paddle hard enough to make the adjustment at the very end like i know if I wait and wait and wait, and then I catch this eddy right here, and I paddle like three strokes really hard, then I'll make the line. Whereas somebody who maybe didn't have to wake up for five years at 5 AM to lift weights through high school, um, isn't going to have the same, you know, paddle paddling, you know, pool as 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 what I have. So, um, their lines are going to have to be better. And so I've heard that from everywhere from the Southeast to the Pacific Northwest to the Grand Canyon is that women um, just, they set themselves up for success better than, better than guys do. And guys, you know, the guys just, you know, have this thing stuck in their head that like, Oh, I can just fix this uh, by just doing it harder. Um, And um, so that's a really cool point that, you know, that you got to go and hang out with other, uh, women guides and, and like your first article said, you know, you didn't really know who to turn to and there wasn't a whole lot of stuff online. So it was really cool. That's really cool that you got to talk to other, uh, women who have made this into their career and, and, and learn some stuff from them.
1: Um, full circle moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and just cause something, you know, something works for somebody else doesn't mean that it's going to be like a hundred percent the correct way. And I think that people in rafting, the rafting industry are starting to learn that, um, that just because the last they've been doing it for the last 20, 25 years, one way and it works, there may be a better way to do it. And people are starting to figure that out. Um, so I think that's a, that's a cool approach. Um, is there anything else? you can say about how awesome, you know, your experience was with Northwest Rafting Company, you know, Zach, um, Oregon, any other cool, cool things you want to say about that?
1: Um. In summary, uh, Oregon is beautiful. You feel like you're in a combination of Lord of the Rings, Star Wars and Pride and Prejudice the whole time. Like the whole time your jaw is just dropping because it's so beautiful just everywhere. Um, the rivers are rad and I'm totally going back and exploring them more, maybe a little bit more slowly and a bit, a little bit less stress. Cause I don't have to do throwback drills again. Um, and then Northwest rafting totally recommend it. Zach is such a goofball. He's so down to earth. He's so fun. Um, yeah, just, it was such a cool trip and it was a really cool opportunity to be able to really like test my skills uh in such an interesting and uh competitive way I felt really young but also really like established all at the same time
0: (laughs) yeah that's um that's awesome that's that's really cool that you got to experience that uh what is your next step where are you taking these newfound skills to um,
1: so after I complete the article, I am heading up to West Virginia. I am going to transition to Ace Adventure on the New River Gorge and then hopefully the Golly River. Uh, so if you guys want to come paddle with me, you are more than welcome to come. <laughs> that's where I'll be. Uh, and yeah, hopefully, you know, I'll get to learn how to row and get to get better at my paddle guiding. And yeah, just have a good time in uh, the state's newest national park.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, the, uh, uh, that's really cool that they... Kind of snuck that in there in some uh, one of those bills for coronavirus they suck in uh, right. the New River Gorge uh, National Park. Um, my, my my mom has this story from like the 80s about going down the New River Gorge where uh, you like get to the bottom of the wave and you can't see... The top of it like you can't see outside of it um
1: the wave trains are insane They're so good i swam it one time i swam via station because i'm an idiot it was <laughs> awesome it was great <laughs> don't uh, do it but like do it
0: <laughs> um so that's certainly on our list of uh stuff to stop by and hopefully you can show us down the lines um when we get up there and i will uh I'll bring my oars, and you can show me how to to do that because I that's something I really want to get into. And what the river gorge is probably the closest river that you can actually run uh, an yeah. oar frame pretty good. Um, but um, I just want to say it's really cool what you're doing with the photography. Um, you seem to be everywhere that I look as far as the rafting white water culture goes. It's pretty, it's a very small network. Um, so it's pretty cool to see you pop up everywhere. Um, is there anywhere that, what's the best place for people to follow you? Your Instagram? Um,
1: yeah, probably the best place where I'm the most active is Instagram. I have a Facebook, but it is, um, desolate. (laughs) Um, so probably, yeah, uh, find me on Instagram, um, at Annalie Decker. I'm not that creative with my name. I also, um, I have a website. It's annaleedacker.myportfolio.com. It's also in my Instagram bio, uh, so that if you want to check out like some of my photography that's not quite Instagrammable, but I think it's pretty cool. And then also, uh, I'm a filmmaker as well, so my films are on there. And then my articles are also like linked on that website just for easy access. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and whenever you post anything, we try to post it out there. So they're I it so
1: much <laughs> thank you
0: <laughs> yeah and uh like I said the articles like uh I try to share them and uh, I really enjoy reading them so I'm excited to look forward or I'm, I'm looking forward to reading this one as well to hear about your trip out there um and I uh really appreciate you joining us this Sunday afternoon and uh we uh hope to meet on the river at some point
1: Yes, let's do it on the golly. We'll do it. We're awesome. Still proud. <laughs>
0: and uh, so I just, this is just a friendly reminder to everybody to tip your guide. And uh, hopefully yeah, we'll hear from guide, you soon.
1: Your
0: guide. <laughs>